0: What's going on, man? It's your boy Jay Holly, and we are back for another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. Episode Deuce three Jordan, baby. 23. Woo! I just that that makes it this that makes this episode even better. We going, we going Jordan style uh, for this episode. You know what you guys like to do. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are all far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with me, and I promise you, I am so thankful for that but spread the word man let people know what it is i am jesse holly the sports talk equivalent of braille people feel me when i speak and uh you guys know how i like to get down before i get into my show and i get into the facts and the figures of of the sports world that we live in um i had to get my motivation up top off the top from the beginning because let's be honest some of y'all ain't gonna make it to the end and that's okay but Give me three listens for 15 minutes, and I promise you, you might like me. I know it's a big promise, but you might like me. But give me three listens, and and, and I might be able to sway you. 15 minutes, three shows. Pick it. I got 23 of them. Pick any show that you want, and you might might fall in love. But all right, let me start with this positivity up front. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to walk you a little bit into my world. Don't worry about it. I paid for this therapy session already, but I'm going to give a little bit to you. And today's message is is simple, but it's it's complex. And I hope that it hits home. Um, And it goes like this. It is easy to get addicted to problems. It is easy to get addicted to problems. A lot of times, our past decisions impact our current situations. If I were to ask you, what past decisions that you made that impacts your current situation today most of you like myself will begin to pick out all of the bad the wrong the negative the not so good decisions because somewhere along in our minds we 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 think that those negative situations and decisions that we make those problems We get so addicted to them that they become how we judge and what we do in our current situation. Well, I'm here to tell you and encourage you, like, we got to start looking back and start picking out those positive dubs, those positive wins that we've had in life. Don't worry, this therapy session is already paid for. I've already taken care of it. I've already taken care of it. But far too often, we get so addicted to the problems of life, both past and present. And what it does, it mitigates and it eliminates the positive things that we've done. I can sit here all day and be like, if someone said, man, how is Unfiltered with Jesse Holly going, man? And the first thing I'll say was, you know, it's going good, but, you know, I don't have 100,000 subscribers yet. And automatically, your mind begins to go into this place of, well, I don't got this and I don't got that. When I should really be saying, man, unfiltered is going great. Man, do you know that last episode, over 3,000 people decided that they were going to spend an hour of their life and their time watching me? Wow, what what an accomplishment that is. And we have to look at all of the doves that we get in life, no matter how small, as wins. And let those be the things that propel us to, 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 to make our current situation even better. Do not get addicted to the problem. They're easy. In fact, some of the, the problems are are like 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 fentanyl. It's like drugs and it's easy to get, and always is woe is me. And I can just I can just lay on to you, oh well, my life was this and my life was that and woe is me and all the bad things and, and I'm like, wait a second. I'm sitting here today because I won a lot. You're sitting here today watching me because you won a lot. There are far more positive impactful great things about your life than the problems don't allow yourself to get addicted to the problems look at look back every now and again and go wow i've accomplished that if it's something simple as you know what i ain't know how i was gonna pay the bills this month but i got it done that's a victory that is a victory that should be celebrated i ain't saying you got to go to the club and pop bottles but what i'm saying is don't overlook those things Don't allow yourself to fall so deep into the problem pit that you never get out, and you never get a chance to enjoy your accomplishments. Thank you to the over 3,000 people that watched my last episode. Thank you. No, it ain't 100,000, but shoot. There was 3,000 folks that thought of me enough to take 60 minutes, 90 minutes of their day when they could have been doing anything They could have been sleeping. They could have been eating Cheerios. They could have been walking the dog. They could have been doing a hundred other things. And I am thankful for that. That's a dub. That is a dub. The fact that I get a chance to come into this studio each and every week is a dub. The fact that I'm able to sit here and all my bodily functions are, 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 are still good, dub. The fact that I am healthy, dub. The fact that, that 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 I can still put gas in my car, dub. The fact that I can open my refrigerator and there's actually food in there, dub. There's been times where it wasn't. It's a dub. It's a dub. Do not allow yourself to get addicted to your problems. It's easy, and you'll find yourself in a problem pit so deep that you'll never get a chance to see the pure and true light of all your wins. Continue to look at those things. Continue to cherish those moments. Continue to wanna have more of those moments and let the dubs of your life, of your past, because tomorrow, my past is today. So I want the dubs of today to dictate my future circumstances, not my problems. All right? All right, man. Don't get addicted to the problems. Get out of the problem pit. Start enjoying those dubs. All right, man, here we go. Breaking down this week. We are done with the beatdown from last week. I shouldn't even brought it up, but, hey, it's my last time talking about it, maybe. The Niners game is over. We are on to the new thing. The Cowboys take on the L.A. Chargers Monday Night Football in, what is that now, Los Angeles, right, the L.A. Chargers. It's the Los Angeles, absolutely. Um, And when you look at this team, here's a wild stat and I hope it isn't true for us the stat is 1 in 15 and you're saying Jess what is 1 in 15 what is that what does that mean what is the number tied to what is the number that is in that 1 in 15 is the record of teams after they play the Niners in the last two seasons 1 in 15 so the team that played the Niners that week the next week They lose. The only other team that escaped that was this year, and it was the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost to the Niners and then won their next game. So I'm hoping that the Cowboys are able to add another one to that list when they take on the Los Angeles Chargers. And this one is, I don't know if the Cowboys know this or not, but here's one thing for sure. Two things for certain, one thing for sure. There are times when players, coaches, you, you remember the Michael Jordan in Last Dance, and Michael was always looking for something to make it personal. Just, uh, Michael even made up stories that weren't even true just to get a competitive edge to make it feel like that. Well, I can tell you for certain that Kellen Moore, he circled this game. Now, I hope that when he circled this game, we circled his eye, not the other way around like it was last week. But the players, too, circled this game. You watched last week when the Denver Broncos played the Jets and that that whole debacle where uh, Sean Payton had said Nathaniel Hackett did one of the worst coaching jobs in the world. And those players were like, we want to win for us, we want to win for Coach too." At the end of that game, the Jets win that game. What do they do? They gave out one game ball. Robert Sala gave out one game ball at the end of that game, and that was to Nathaniel Hackett after they won that football game. So, if you think for one second that this won't be a personal game for the Chargers, you think for one second that those guys, at least on the offensive side of the ball, isn't looking at this game as a a, a statement game for them, a personal game for them, they want to win one for the Gipper. You're wrong. You are wrong. And I hope the Cowboys and company feel the same way. I hope they look at this game and go, this game will be personal as well. And and I think for the Cowboys as a whole, and maybe I'm rambling a little bit, but I think for the Cowboys as a whole, you have to understand this. I I was privy. I'm privileged, okay? Let's just be honest, all right? I, I, I am privileged. One of the privileges that I had in my life And I'm not ashamed to say that I'm privileged. That's that's not not a, a thing to be ashamed of. But one of the privileges I had in my life was I was a part of a national championship basketball team for the University of North Carolina. Go Heels. But within that, I understood that no matter where we went, no matter who we played, it was personal. Whether it was another Blue Blood, Kentucky, the school in Durham, um, uh, uh, you name it, it was personal. Whether we played a directional school, it was personal. I remember the year that we won the national championship game, we lost to Santa Clara. Santa Clara, I don't think they shot the ball as, as well as they did at any, other, at any other junction of the season. But when the University of North Carolina walked in, it became personal for them. Their season was complete if they beat us. When we were up and teams beat us, it was the best thing since sliced bread. Even when we were down. But because of the legacy and the history of that university, of my university, of that basketball team, what it stood for, what it meant, everybody gave us their best shot. They didn't care if we were 15-0 or 0-15. North Carolina was, 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 was embroidered across our chest. And there was a legacy that lived with that. And so everybody wanted to knock us off. And I think with the Cowboys, they have to understand every stadium that you go into, every team that you face, that star on the helmet, people look at that and even though you haven't been to a Super Bowl or, or, or sniff the Super Bowl in 27 years, there's this level of, you know what, they talk about the Cowboys every day on TV. They're in, they in the A block and B block of everybody's show on TV. The Cowboys are the most recognizable franchise in all of sports. They're worth all these billions of dollars. Everybody wants to talk about them. They got the biggest stadium. They have the biggest jersey sale. They have the this and that and this and that. So, yeah, for you to not go into a game and thinking it's personal, that's a lack of awareness on your part if you're a cowboy player on the roster and you don't understand that every single game that you go into that someone's trying to as my therapist called it have a legacy beat down on you then you're delusional you are delusional coaches and players alike when they play the, they don't have the same excuse me for the Cleveland Brown friends I don't mean to, I don't I don't mean to knock on you guys but no one's saying they want to go into the dog pound and knock off Cleveland it's it's no one says that maybe the Bengals or maybe the uh, the the Ravens you guys have a little beef in that area but the overarching view on the Browns isn't that if we beat the Browns we've done something but when you beat the Cowboys, it matters in a different way than when you beat the Browns, or the Jaguars, or whoever Houston. So going into this game for the Cowboys against the Chargers, you got to understand something. This is this is bigger than than just a normal game. They're looking at this game and saying, you know what, we gonna they 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 kind of shipped Keller Moore out, kind of was like, you know, we we, we kind of want to do our own thing now, so we you go go ahead, get skedaddle. They're gonna try to run the score up. Now, will it happen? I don't know. I don't know. But when you look at this roster offensively and defensively for the Chargers, if we just did roster for roster, and I mean with any team in the National Football League, with the, Cle- the Cleveland, with the, with the with the with the Chargers roster, they hands down have one of the best paper. Hear what I'm saying. Paper rosters in all of football. Now, what they do when they actually get on the field. Course of a different color. Conversation for another day. But on paper, and you look at the names: quarterback, left tackle, running back, receivers, tight ends, two monster edge rushers, solid linebackers, good safety, good corner. I mean, I mean like they—they are—they are good kicker, dicker to kicker. Like they are—they are. They're a sound roster from top to bottom. They—they—they—they they, they, they give you. All of the components that you need to be a good team. Now, what, what happens when you get on the field? You and I both know that, that's, that's that, again, that's a different conversation for a different day. Sometimes the curl don't curl all the way over. They don't quite, you know what I'm saying? That curl don't. But when you look at this team defensively, and, I, and I'll talk about their defense first in the Cowboys offense, and I'll get into the flip side of it later on this week. But when you look at what they do defensively, they are primarily going to be in a what we call a two-high cover two, two-high shell, right? Two safeties up top, two corners here. They're going to play. They don't want to give up the big play, but within that, you give up the middle of the field, right? They're going to they're going to play their traditional four-three front. They'll mix it up a little bit to make it look like a three-four. Uh, they may have Joey Bosa back this week. He's been out a little bit with the groin slash hamstring and the toe injury. Um, but it looks like he's on pace to play. So now you got Joey Bosa, who's one of the the, the the top pass rushers in the league, and then you got Khalil Mack on the other side. Oh, by the way, Khalil Mack is second in the league in sacks. He has six. You want to know when he got those six? Last game, all in one game against the Raiders. Six of them boys. That's personal for him. That's a personal situation for Khalil. So, um, but right now he's he's in his bag. So you look at that and you're saying, whoa. It came off a six sack game now that's that's unheard of right but Khalil Mack is more than capable of getting two or three sacks a game more than capable more than capable and so you look at what they want to do and they'll blitz sometimes off the edge but for the most part their their MO is we don't want to give up the big plays which they sometimes do but we're going to rally and tackle we're gonna keep everything in front of us. We're gonna rally and tackle. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna keep everything in front of our face. And for Dak, honestly, when he has to play through zones, now if there's anything that you know, a Kellen Moore can kind of give the defense um, heads up on when it comes to a player, not much. Like there's nothing that you can find out about Dak that you can't find out about watching film yourself, right? There's no secret to the thing. But what Kellen Moore can give them is, he can give them the heads up on, hey. Man, Dak really likes this throw. He kind of struggles with this throw. Now, you can't dictate what throws he's going to make um, or anything like that, but you can say he's not comfortable making this throw. That's about it. That's pretty much all you get um, because it's just that's just the way the cookie crumbles. It's not much you can just tell a defense from, from an offensive side of things that they can actually put into play. Right there in the moment, because so much is happening, they're not gonna remember like, oh yeah, right hash this number. No, it's not. Uh, but defensively, you know that for Dak, he struggles a little bit when it when he has to, when Dak has to read through a ton of garbage. What I mean that by that is when he has to read through um, a, a bunch of different people and and, and things of that nature, and the clock is going off in his head. He sometimes makes the, the bad decision. Being able to read you know, from one side of the field to the next, he can sometimes get a little bit disoriented in that process. And that's when you see the mistakes happen, the ball sailing, the ball on the ground, the ball behind. And ultimately, the the worst part of it is the ball being intercepted. And, of course, coming off a three-interception game last week, I think he's looking um, to get back right. And and one of the things that the Cowboys have to help themselves in a way is it's creating some of the bigger plays. They haven't been able to do that. They have one play of 40-plus yards in five games. The Cowboys right now rank 31st in air-yard completed passes, meaning the the amount of the ball leaving Dak hands being completed to a receiver. They're 31st in the league, 6.6 yards per air-yards completion. That means that they're throwing the ball quick, yes, but they're throwing it very short. They're throwing it very, very short. To give you an example of that, on the other side, Justin Herbert, he's throwing it at least 10 yards per air travel completion. Now, I know that doesn't seem like a much, but it is. They got The Cowboys have one 40-plus yard play. And this is another defense we talk about playing a too high shell is that they're not giving up the big plays over the top. Now, what they do give up the plays at is in the middle of the field. Because understand, the safeties now in a two-high shell have to get off of the hashes, that's the little tick marks in the field, and play over the top. So that means that that middle of the field is now open. And the Cowboys have to find a way to utilize the tight ends, to utilize the receivers, getting over in motion, play action, because those linebackers are already not dropping deep. I, they, they now have to be able to come up, step up, if the play action is working for them well, and now you can kind of hit them over the top. But this is something that they have to be willing to incorporate into their game. And to, 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 Dak credit, to Dak's defense a little bit, tight ends, receivers, got to catch the football. One of the things that I've realized, especially from the receiver perspective, in, 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 in watching the Cowboys from last, in, the, in the last couple of weeks, but in the two losses, is the wide receivers aren't getting separation. They aren't getting at the line of scrimmage. And this goes for CeeDee Lamb. This goes for Brandon Cooks. This goes for Jalen Tobert. This goes for Michael Gallup, Kevontae Turpin. They're not getting separation at the line of scrimmage. They're not getting separation within the route. And they're not getting separation at the top of the route. So sometimes when a quarterback is looking and he's saying, boy, I want to throw it there, but there's no separation. There's no separation there, so I, that's when you see Dak hold on to the ball a little bit longer, trying to hope for some separation to come. And the routes that they're running aren't routes that you throw or you lead a person open. It's more so I got to put it on you that's why I want to see the Cowboys kind of run a little bit more of those deep over routes if I can use speed coming across the field with that middle of the field open I can hit it right in between those safeties and then come out the back end but Dak has to be aware this weekend Asante Samuel Jr. you y'all, a lot of y'all remember his daddy Asante when he was with the Patriots he was a master of playing that zone coverage And baiting you into throwing. And and, and I kind of let you think, oh, yeah, you can throw the ball behind me on a corner route or some sort of in-the-hole shot. Or something shallow coming across where you think he doesn't see it and now all of a sudden he crosses in front of it. Interception. Like, those are the type of things that you have to look at when you're playing against this defense. For the Cowboys, they have the weapons. They do. They have the weapons to go out there and be um, successful. But even Brian Schottenheimer talked about it in this week's interviews. He's been surprised that there hasn't been more separation with his receivers. And that's kind of led to a little bit of the of, of, we've all seen it. The CeeDee the Lamb kind of disgruntled, um, some may call it diva. And all receivers have a little diva in them. As a former receiver myself, uh, we all have a little diva in us. Especially when you're in your contract year. You want to get paid. And when your numbers aren't projecting... You to get paid like you think you're going to get paid, I'd be a little upset too. But on the other hand, I got to be better. C.D. has to be better. I talked to a reliable source inside the Cowboys building, and uh, this source told me that C.D. Lamb and Mike McCarthy had a little cup of Jesus moment, a little, little, little powwow, a little player to coach, a little man-to-man conversation. I'm assuming that the conversation was about you know your body language your attitude, your demonstrative actions on the field, you standing on the sideline twenty yards away from your teammates, the bickering, the mo- the moaning, the, the the public display in the media of your your happiness, so to speak, with what we're doing offensively or what your role is offensively. I'm assuming that was the conversation was about. Now normally. Normally. When your wide receiver number one is having some public outrage, it's usually a good sign next game. Remember like a week ago, Jamar Chase of the Bengals was like, you know what? I'm always open. I'm always F and open. 7-Eleven. I'm always open. Next week, 16 targets, 14 catches, 187 yards. <laughs> Stefan Diggs say that next week, 14 targets, 11 catches, 140-something yards. So if it's trending in the, if I complain publicly, if I show out publicly, I have this powwow, my quarterback sees it, my O.C. sees it, this may be a game where now you're looking at C.D. getting off somewhere between you know, 14 to 16 targets. And I, and I think for C.D., and I told you guys, I thought C.D. was going to have a year where he got into that conversation of the Tyreek Hills, of the Justin Jeffersons, of the Chases of the Worlds, because that's what he wants to get paid like, that he was going to take that next step and it's not happening right now. This is one of those games where he's going to come back and be like, yeah, see, I'm him. I'm Timothy Lamb. I hope so. Because the Cowboys need it. They need some big plays from this offense. They need some big plays from their number ones. Like, for CD to be a number one receiver and not to be treated as such is a waste of time. It's a waste of talent. Like, this is a guy who, ha- who shouldn't look up. He shouldn't look up after multiple games where he's six target. Where he's targeted six times, targeted seven times. Oh, that's the number two, three type of action. Don't don't treat me like the side piece. Don't don't just give me don't get, don't give me the quickie. Which I'm not saying nothing wrong with quickies. I'm not saying nothing wrong with quickies. They they're, they're essential. They're good life. I'm just saying the main, the bottom, the the, the down chick. She don't she she not gonna want. Uh, don't give me side piece. Attention. See these like I I'm 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 the main. I'm one. I'm him. Don't treat me like two and three. Don't 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 treat me like that. Treat me with the level of respect. Take me to dinner. Call me every day. Talk to me every day. I want the good morning text. I want the text that says you eat today. I want the text to say, just thinking about you. Don't just send me the text with, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm trying to come through. Nah, don't send that to me. Nah, I, said, nah, nah. I ain't two. I'm one. So I get it. I get CD's frustration. But on a, on a, on a larger scale CD, you have to be a professional. You can handle your personal matters in a personal situation behind closed doors. Because what you're doing on the field isn't helping your overall situation. You you, You look like what people already say about receivers. They're divas. They're attention seekers. Then the competitive spirit gets mixed and confused with being a distraction. Ask the other 88 about that. When he was at the top of his game, Oh no, it's passion. It's enthusiasm. It's it's, it's, it's what we want in our locker room. When his skill set didn't match what they wanted anymore, or the pay didn't match that anymore, it's a distraction. It's it's unbecoming of what we are as an organization. The same folks that were saying it was passion and enthusiasm and loved it, the fire for the team, were the same ones calling it a distraction. Well, the same would say that's unacceptable. So just understand, as you're trying to navigate through this whole contract situation, you always have to handle yourself accordingly. You can't, even though the numbers aren't there, you can't give them more the reason not to want to pay you the money, or anyone else for that matter. But the Cowboys, they they have a chance. They have a chance to get back off of the snide. They have a chance to kind of put last week behind them. They should put last week behind them. Nothing, if you're still dwelling on what happened last week, if you're still licking the wounds, some of y'all probably are, if you're still licking the wounds that happened last week, then you're, you're setting yourself up for a major letdown on Monday Night Football. Major letdown. Offensively, Dak, put the three INTs behind you. They're done. They're done. You, can, you got two things that you can do. Like the other day, you, inspiration or desperation. You got two things that you can do. You can put those three ITs behind you, and you can go out there and, and ball out, or you can com, you can compound the problem. Three turns into five. Or you can say, you know what, five, five TDs are going to turn into Eight. You have the ability. You have the opportunity. Talk about focusing on your dubs and not being addicted to problems. The next opportunity is right upon you. It's in front of your face. The Cowboys got to get back to running the football. You can run the football on the edges on this Chargers defense. Get under center. A little bit of play action pass. Get those linebackers to cheat up wanting to stop the run. And then deliver the ball over their heads. you got to. Brian Schottenheimer, Mike McCarthy, if you're listening. I don't know if you guys are, are, are watching the show. I would like to you to. Like and subscribe while you're doing it. Go to Apple, go to Spotify, however you want. You're sitting in the office, just press play. Let me be background noise to you. I can help you. I probably can't. But let my voice be the soothing of your soul. Please. But you got you got to find a way to get this team back. You don't want this thing to spiral out of control. You got to get back to that. You got to get back to the things that you do well. You got to get back to the things that you know is going to bring you success. The Cowboys haven't had a true problem in the two losses they've had, but for the most part, being able to move the ball up and down the football field in between the twenties, we know what the red zone situation has been. This defense is going to allow you to move the ball up and down the field. They tighten up in the red zone. They do. They play, they play much better defense in the red zone. So you know how you can bat that? You know how you can bat the issue of playing in the red zone against a team who's really good in the red zone? You score from outside the red zone. You score in a chunk play capacity. You get a couple 40-plus play touchdowns. You, get a, you, you bust a 40-yard 40 40, 40 run, a 35-yard run. Then you have to worry about the red zone situation. Like you don't have to get into the red zone. Like I know the red zone is the money zone, and, and you know people score there at a high percentage, but you don't have to get there to score. It's not it's not a, it's not a mandatory thing. You can get to the end zone far other ways than just getting to the red zone. The Cowboys have to take advantage of that, and they and they they too. If you if we did paper rosters, the Cowboys on a paper roster would be a top three to five roster in the league. And sometimes they meet up to it The expectations of the roster Sometimes they don't I'll tell you this Do I think the Chargers are a good football team? Yes Yes I do Do I think the Chargers Are on the same level Of the Niners? No I do not I don't think there's many teams that are on the level of the Niners right now. Like I, I think right now. If you, if you picked a neutral site. And this may, be, this may be a betting site somewhere. That you can probably go put a parlay on it. Or put a prop bet on it. But if you picked right now. Currently sitting today. The Niners. On a neutral field. Against anyone. Maybe one other team. That they would probably take over the Niners. And that's probably the Chiefs. I don't think they're going to pick any other team. And if they pick the Chiefs, it won't be by a lot. Maybe one or two points. So I say all that to say that you, you, you're not going to face a team of that caliber with that much talent and discipline and, and, and overall just absolute dog. But you're going to face some good teams. And if you don't play up to your potential – and you don't play up to the to the to the standard that what you know that we know you can play at, then you'll be licking your wounds again. But you have the ability, this team is very much beatable. This team is very much beatable if you play to the level in which I think I mean four weeks ago I was I was I was I was praising your name on high. I told y'all football is very fluid, like water. It changes every single week. Four weeks ago, I was praising you. I was calling y'all. I was I was, generational this and good that and, and, and bad on my part. But at that time, it looked that way. Get back to that. Nothing has changed in, in what you guys have the ability to do. You ran into a buzzsaw. But you can get back to your winning ways um, starting this week. All right, let's move on to around the sports world. Sweep. 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 Let's go, Rangers. Let's go, Rangers. The Rangers sweep the Orioles three games to none to move on to the, what is it, the ALDS? CS. The ALCS. They just won the ALDS. The ALCS. What a dominating performance. Nathan Ovaldi's went out last night and pitched a gem of a game. Can I say a gem of a game? A gem of a game. 7 innings pitched, 5 hits, 1 run, 7 Ks, no batters walked. I mean, he was he was in his own. And I and I got to give my boy Taylor some credit because Tay, te- you told me. You could you could say I told you so. It's okay. I, you can say it oh now he doesn't want to say it now, now he wants to be all mr humble all right, well you know you know you know what i said i gotta give you credit i was a doubter i was a doubter tay wasn't he said i'm telling you and he broke it down and it's all coming to fruition it's all happening the way that you said it was gonna happen pitching has come around and the one thing about pitching that that you want to have a good pitcher, give them some early runs. If you give a pitcher some early runs and a little bit of cushion, they feel a little bit comfortable. And that's exactly what Nathan navaldi has got last night. Starting out. Start the game, what happens? Corey Seager, bottom of the first, bomb. Bomb. Who, if it wasn't for... The alien of a player in Shohei Ohtani, Corey Seager might be not might be. He would definitely be in the MVP. He's in the MVP division already, but he would definitely be someone you can look at and go, "This dude's... Uh, I'm just saying. Now I get it. No one, as long as as long as Ohtani o- o- keeps doing what he's doing, and he's pitching and he's hitting and he's got 40 plus home runs and he got 10 wins as a pitcher. You can chalk it up. You can just chalk it all up. Unless the voters get voters fatigue. you can chalk it up. If he's getting 10-plus wins as the pitcher, hitting over 40 home runs, just start etching his name in the, in the AL MVP category every single year. But Corey Seager was one that was in that conversation. But it, doesn't get, it gets even better. Bottom of the second, Garver drove in two runs on a double up past the shortstop. Now you look up, it's 3 0. And then OL Bombe showed up. I I love it. Let me say this as well. I'm not a jewelry guy. I got a nice little charm piece, but I'm not a jewelry guy. Baseball players have the best chains in all of sports. they, 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 They have the best chains. If you watch a baseball game, you are gonna see a plethora of different chains. Icy too, Icy, Cuban Links. I mean, you name it, they got them. They have the. I'm always looking like, man, who got? They got the best chains out there. Who was that Mookie Betts one time had the had the black diamond necklace and it popped on the field? There's diamonds everywhere. But El Bombay comes in, he cranks one 418 feet. 6 nothing, And it was on after that. A 6 nothing cushion in three innings. As a pitcher, you just sit back and you go, we good. We good. And it gives you that level of comfort. And you saw through the rest of the game where, where Nathan was just in his own. You even had enough of a cushion that when you brought in um, Chapman, who's been erratic, who's been a little bit erratic, and he didn't have a great start. But you were able to bring him in and allow him to kind of have his little bit. It's almost one of those deals where you say, you know what? While we have this lead, let's bring him in. Let's see if we can't get some pitches off him to get him kind of back into a rhythm. Because you're going to need him. Let's be honest. You're gonna At some point in time, you're going to have to go to the pool pen and you're going to have to pull out Chapman and go, all right, brother, we need the gas. Ain't too many folks walking around that's going to throw the ball at 102 miles an hour. We're going to need you. But we're going to need you to get it over the plate. Some strikes. You got to be able to control the heat. So I think games like this, when you have that cushion, you can bring a guy in, give him a couple uh, couple batters, see if he can't put something together because you're going to need him. You're not going to not have him on your roster. And however you're gonna play this thing out, whether you're gonna get, however the pitching is gonna work, you're gonna have some games when you go to the bullpen pitching, where you may have you, you may even get to a situation where, um, give me the pitcher's name, uh, two different color eyes, Scherzer. Scherzer. You may get to a point where you say, you know what? We don't know Scherzer's all the way back. Here's what we're gonna do: on the day that we go bullpen pitching day, I'm gonna give Scherzer, I'm gonna give you two innings. I'm going to give you two of the early innings, and then we'll go to our bullpen pitching. So at some point in time, you're going to have to do it. And I thought, I thought that was a great move by Bochy, just getting him in there, getting those reps, and then Lecourt came in and, 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 and finished the deal. And that place was – I wasn't at the game. Tay was at the game. I watched it on TV while I was having stomach cramps. Struggling to fight for my life last night, man. I was fighting. I won. I'm here. I was fighting, boy. Um, but that was that—that that was an atmosphere that is, you know, Josh Hamilton said years ago. This is not a football town. I mean, a baseball town. And maybe he's right. Sports town. Sports town. Sports town. I like that. Maybe not a baseball town. Very few baseball towns. Like I said very few baseball cities in 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 the world, right? Like Cincy, St. Louis, New York, Boston. That's probably about it. That's really probably about it. Like, there ain't too many more where this is like dominant baseball cities. So, I get it. I understand it. But that place was rocking last night. So, kudos to you Rangers fans. Now the Rangers await the winner of the Minnesota Twins and big bro. Oof. The Astros. Astros lead the series 2-1 right now. This is, let's just be honest. Let's be honest. Before I get to that, let me say this. I gotta give another nod to to, to, to Bruce Boshi. And because I, I am I'm big on coaching in the sense of making the right moves. I'm big on controlling the temperament of your team. I'm big on understanding what your players' strengths are and their weaknesses. And trying to keep them away from situations where their weaknesses are magnified, and putting them in situations where their strengths are magnified. And I think Bruce has been—he has been a a picture, a picture, not a picture, but a picture of. Calmness, of fluidity, of patience, of confidence, of information. You, you, you don't win three World Series. Like, Bush Bochi, like, his legacy is so far set, like, he never had to coach again. Like, when you get, like, like, it's like Jimmy Johnson. Like, Jimmy doesn't have to coach another day in his life, and he's always going to be talked about as one of the great coaches of the league. Cause he won three Super Bowls, and I think Bochi's in that same boat in the sense of there's an, he's only padding his stats now, right? Like he's only padding the stats because his legacy has already been written when you win three of those things. And when you win three of them, you're able to you're able to pull from that information, you're able to pull from those experiences, and then allow that to be the driving force and the foundation with this new squad, and I and I, and I got to give them a lot of credit for that because there was a, there were some high highs this year with the Rangers, and there were some low lows this year with the Rangers, and then they lose their last game in Seattle to end of the season allows them not to win the, the, uh, the West, but then from there, they won the last five games in a row, and I think in those five games, did they even trail in those games? Maybe two of them. Maybe none of them. Maybe none of them. One. So to get to get his team refocused and reset for the playoff run to win the wild card and then win the first round, that's big, man. Tons of credit to you. Tons of credit to you. But now you got to get ready. I, I don't know how the, the the Minnesota. If 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 all things. Are, if we're being honest. The Astros are probably going to win that series. I would love to have the least of the two, Minnesota, to make a better path to the World Series. But Big Bro coming. Big Bro is coming. Big Bro is coming. And and Rangers fans, don't sell your tickets because I've been around here long enough to know when the Astros come to town, they dominate our stadium. They dominate globe life. That shouldn't be such. Hold on to your tickets, even if they give you a better value. That matters. That matters in the, in the grand scheme of trying to win baseball games. Any game, any sports any sports game. The, the crowd can give you a ton of energy. But big bro is coming. And you have your chance. Uh, don't, don't do what the Cowboys did and say. Don't, don't make it personal after the fact. Make it personal from jump from first pitch make it personal you get that monkey off your back and now we're talking about something special it's been a while it's been a while since we've had that special baseball feeling around here over 10 years the moment might be coming back but it's going to take a level of, of mental fortitude some skills, some some will maybe even sprinkling a little bit of luck I don't believe in luck but maybe Cause Big Bro is coming, and you know what that is when it happens with uh when Big Bro shows up. Either you show up or get the switch. If you if you if you play around with Big Bro, he go from Big Bro to Daddy. Niners are, Niners are the Cowboys' Daddy right now. Rangers, you got a chance. I'll 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 bring back the Uncle Ronnie speech if I need to. I'll bring. I'll bring back Uncle Ronnie's speech if I need to. It didn't work the first time. Houston three one lead right now. Houston three one lead. In the fourth. Yeah, Big Bro's coming to town. Big Bro's coming to town. But congrats to the to the to the Texas Rangers. But you're ready for Big Bro. I believe in you. Moving on, I want to update you guys on a story that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Former NFL player, former one of my teammates with the New England Patriots, Sergio Brown. Weird story Weird story about Sergio Brown He's been in connection with The murder of His mother And then Sergio began to put out these weird um, Videos And you could tell from the video that he wasn't in the United States But as of today, when you read this, when you see this tomorrow, yesterday, he has been detained and booked in a San Diego jail. He was trying to re-enter the United States from Mexico just weeks after his 73-year-old uh, mother was found slain in a suburban uh, Chicago neighborhood. Excuse me. So the brown was arrested Tuesday afternoon and held without bail on a fugitive arrest. The records show. Brown agreed to be extradited to Illinois during a Wednesday court hearing. The San Diego District Attorney's Office spokesman Steve Walker told the Associated Press via email. So they called him. They called him. I, in his in his two videos that he put out, it was a weird, it was a weird vibe. He was saying something that was a little bit off, but we'll see. This is this is one of those deals where his mom was killed on uh, September 16th near a creek in Maywood, about 12 miles west of Chicago. Relative told officers that uh, they could not find Sergio at the time. Now Sergio said he thought his mom was on vacation but some neighbors had said they seen him uh, make a bonfire burn some clothes in the bonfire. The medical examiners ruled her death a homicide and determined that she had been injured during an assault. So I don't know about this situation. This is this is a weird one because if it's me and I don't know the relationship that he had with his mom. But if my mom was murdered or, you know, homicide, I don't know if my first thought would have been to take a trip to Mexico. That's just me. And I don't even, I don't, I, got a, I got a really good relationship with my mom. It ain't the greatest. But if something would to happen to her, I would probably postpone my trip to Mexico. <laughs> right? I'm not, I'm not like, hey, well... She did, but viva, viva lo Mexico, viva Mexico. So this is, this is a weird story, but he has been arrested. He will be in court in Illinois. And eventually we're going to get the answers to the question. Did he do it? Didn't he do it? But it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, and I, I don't, I'm not going to go into the whole CTE thing. Cause I don't know if he has CTE. I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know if Sergio good enough to say it was CTE or not. All I'm saying is it's a weird situation, bad situation. Someone died. Someone died that didn't have to die. And someone, according to the medical examiner, did it. Who did it? Don't know. Hope we get the answers. But right now, they're looking at Sergio Brown being suspect number one. So I'll keep you guys posted uh, on that. and, And hopefully the answers come out. And whoever did it, I hope that she eventually gets to rest in peace because someone serves time for what they did to that that woman. George Kittle, he's been in the news this week. One of the big topics that George Kittle's been in the news for this week, not the three touchdowns that he scored against the Cowboys, but after the Niners scored their fourth touchdown of the day against the Cowboys defense, George Kittle pulled up his jersey and donned a t-shirt underneath his jersey that said, F blank blank K Dallas. That's what it said. That's how he we felt. Well, in the No Fun League, in the National Football League, they are getting ready to find George Kittle. They are getting ready to... Here's one thing I know about the NFL. They are looking at all turns to take some of your money. The NFL will fine you if you are wearing, if you're not wearing cleats that's color-coded to the uniform or predominant color to the uniform. The NFL will fine you if your socks are not pulled up. The NFL will sign you, fine you if your socks aren't showing enough white. The NFL will find you if a certain color t shirt is not matching. The NFL will find you if, I mean, they'll find you for anything and everything. I can't, for those of you that don't know, you probably saying, well, how do these guys know about uniform infractions, yada, yada, yada? Every single stadium, at every single game, there is a uniform man or woman that worked for the national football league and let me tell you how this works you come out for pregame, right so when everyone comes out both teams are on the field and this uniformed person man or woman they have their notebooks and they're writing stuff down yada 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 and then they then proceed to give it to your team's um lead equipment person or whoever it may be and then that equipment person then comes back to you before because after you get on the field, you go back into the locker room and you come out for the game to start. Well, they give, they give you the note to the lead equipment person. Then right before you're about to go out, he, that, that person will stand up and he'll go, Jesse Holly, need to fix your socks. John Doe, need to change your cleats. So-and-so and so-and-so, that towel is too long. And then they'll run down what it is that you're supposed to fix uniform-wise. And then if you come back on the field and you're in the the field of play and those uniform infractions that you were warned about pregame were not fixed after you came back out, you're going to get a letter from FedEx. And that letter is going to be from New York, New York. And that's going to be a fine. And you don't get a chance to even decide if you're going to pay the fine or not. They take the money. They take the money and then they let you appeal it. They take the money right away. But then when you appeal it, like most things, it takes them about two weeks for that money to get back in your account or sent back to you. So that's how it works. When you guys are wondering, like, well, how, do, how does a person know that so-and-so and so-and-so, whether it's cleats, and I've seen guys determined to wear cleats, just cleats, pay $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 for the multiple offenses. Well, George Kittle, and I, I, I like to believe... Did I know George Kittle just a little bit? I think he's going to be happy to pay that fine. I think it's going to be the easiest and the happiest $10,000 he's thrown away in a very long time. It has been national news. It has, it has irked a lot of players on the Cowboys, which was the ultimate goal that he was trying to bring back the rivalry from the 90s where another guy, Plummer, uh, wore it in the 90s. Job well done. You figured you did it. If that you, the, the, the attention that you wanted from that T-shirt, you got. And this is one of those deals where at the end of the day, I mean, George Kittle has well more than enough money to pay the fine by himself, but this is one of those deals where in the locker room, everyone chips in. Everyone goes like, you know what? On offense, hey, everyone give a $1,000, and they'll pay for the fine. Or or Trent Williams goes, don't worry about it, dog. I'll pay for it. I got $300 million. Don't, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll pay for it. But George Kittle will probably get fined for that t-shirt all right heading over to the nba we're about what's this about two weeks away two and a half weeks away from the nba getting up basketball is my favorite sport ladies and gentlemen i cover football i played football but boy I, i i love me some basketball and we all know and understand that the nba now has become a duo sport if you can get a trio that's even better. But we all know that now the NBA is a two-star two per-team league now. The days of you having one main star and a bunch of role players, there are some teams that still have that, but those teams aren't winning. Those teams aren't faring well in the, in the, in the, in the, the run for the championship. If you are a true contender for a championship, if you are a true contender in the league, Eastern Conference, Western Conference, if, if you're going to count yourself in that number, the number is two and I got to have a, a star and a co-star I got to have a 1A and a 1B because having a 1 and a 2 that might not cut it that might not cut it Giannis kind of did it one year when it was just him and Chris Middleton and company but he realized really really soon it's going to be very difficult with what other people are doing around me so I kind of want to, I got this, I found this article on, uh, on SB Nation. I cannot pronounce this dude's first name. Have you ever checked Jacobs? And he listed the top 10 duos heading into the 2023-2024 season. Now, you may not agree with this. This is not, this is not Jesse Holly saying. This is an article that I'm reading. And I would love for you to type in what are your top 10 duos. What team do you, you cheer for? Hit me up on Twitter, at Mr. MrForthalong. Hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Facebook, at Mr. MrForthalong. Tell me what your top ten are. Leave the comments on YouTube. Here's what they have. I'm going to go ten to one. Because one, I like, I, like to go, I like to have the climactic feeling to it. Ten, they're saying Joel Embiid and James Harden of the Philadelphia 70s. Now, we all know that James Harden wants out. Of Philly in the worst way, but you look at last year, Joel Embiid, sixty-six games played, Harden fifty-eight games played. Jo- Joel Embiid, you know, ultimately became the league MVP. Averaged thirty-three point one points a game. James Harden twenty-one. Joel was averaging thirty-three and ten. James Harden was averaging twenty-one six and ten. At uh, last year, but coming into this year, they have them. As being the, the, the number 10 duo in the National Basketball Association. Number nine. And I like this team. This team is a young team. It's an upstart team. It's, it's a team that's really going to make some noise, I think, in the future. Light the beam. And they got best, one of the best slogans in the, in the game. Light the beam? That's hard. That's hard. Light the beam. Like light the beam, grindhouse in, uh, in, 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 in in Memphis. Like, that's just, those are just some of the hard names. But number nine is De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. Last year, both of these players played over 70 games. Fox averaging 25 points a game, Sabonis averaging 19 and 12. I like De'Aaron Fox, probably one of the fastest dudes based on the baseline with the basketball in his hand. Like, it used to be like, I remember John Wall being like one of those dudes. De'Aaron Fox is one of those dudes now. And the Sacramento Kings, they made some noise last year. I I think they repeat this year and build on what they did last year. This one, I don't know, number eight. Some of you may agree. Some of you may not agree. They say Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. These two may be the poster child or the poster children of load management. I think load management may have started with these two dudes. Definitely with Kawhi. Kawhi is the load management CEO, he's the president, CEO, he is everything, both of these guys played over 50 games last year, 52 for Kawhi, 56 for Paul George, they average the same amount, 23, 23 and 8, literally almost the same, 23 and 8, 6 rebounds a game, excuse me, Paul George averaged 5 assists, Kawhi Leonard averaged 4 assists, these two dudes with the new rules that's coming along in the NBA, I think We'll see more. I want to see more of Kawhi. I want to see more, more of Paul George. And this is what me because if you ask a lot of the young players coming up in the league right now, like high school and college players, a lot of them talk about Paul George is who they kind of model their game after. We'll see. Number seven, Jimmy Butler and Bam out of Bayou. Jimmy played 64 games last year, Bam 75. Jimmy's the heart and soul of that basketball team in Miami, 22 and 9, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Bam out of Bayou 29 and 3. I like this group? I do. I, I like the culture in the Heat and the Heat organization. But I don't think Jimmy and Bam are enough to kind of like Jimmy will will you in a certain game, but when you when when you're faithful to a team that plays with just as hard as will as you have and more talent? You kind of find yourself on the losing end. And now when you look at what's happening in the East, you got Tatum and Brown. Feel how you feel about, about Joel and, 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 and Harden. But now when you look at, and we'll probably get to them later on in this list: Giannis and Dame. I mean, you're, you're talking about some 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 real stiff competition right now that you're gonna have to face. And I don't know if if Jimmy and Bam are enough. Number six, the Kang, LeBron James. And Anthony Davis (sighs) Anthony Davis to me Is such a Such a unique situation I think he has the best Nickname given to him by Charles Barkley Street clothes Cause that's when you want to believe In Anthony Davis And he shows you a sense of just how good And special he can actually be He turns out to be hurt So hopefully he can play more games this year And really be a part of Winning another championship for LA. But they got LeBron and Anthony Davis at number six. Number five, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I, I, I think both of these dudes are super talented. I do. And maybe Tatum will be able to elevate his game even more and take them over the top. But it's just something about uh, Jalen Brown. he, he just he, a little bit too erratic for me. I'm not gonna get on the whole everybody talking about he can't go left, but that's a real thing. So they're number five. Number four, this is a legacy pick right here. This, I don't know, I don't know, we were talking about this before. I don't know if they're actually should be this high. I think what they've done over time, they've kind of given them a nod. But you got Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, however you want to put it. Steph Curry played 56 games, Klay Thompson 69 games, Steph averaging 24. Excuse me, twenty nine points and Clay averaging twenty one. Yeah, I, I mean Steph, yes, Clay. Uh, legacy pick. I'm gonna say that this is, this is a legacy pick. This is one of that they, they've done so much. And, and it says it says no pair in the league currently has accomplished more together than these two. Tells me all I need to know about why they got picked that high. That's a legacy pick. All right, here goes the top three, and 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 this, this is debatable depending on where you want to put these top three, but I think rightfully so these are the top three. Top three, number three, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Durant played 47 games last year. Devin Booker played 53. The Slim Reaper averaged 29.6 rebounds, five assists. Devin Booker, who's one of my favorite young players, averaged 27, four rebounds, five assists. And you're gonna add Bradley Bill to that mix in Phoenix. You're gonna have a three-guard rotation right there where it's gonna be t- it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough to stop that group every single night. We'll see what happens. Um, but but Book and a uh, Slim Reaper, that's that's a, that's a that's an offensive juggernaut. Number two, what did I say that their nickname was? Uh Freak Time. Freak time with a couple, you gotta have a couple gyrations in there. You just can't say freak time without the gyrations. Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard, Giannis 63 games played, Lillard 50, I I like this combo, I do, I think this is going to be, this is going to be a tough combo to stop, with the range that Lillard has, shooting ability, off the dribble, um, getting into the lane, and then on that pick and roll, Giannis rolling to the basket, once he gets two feet in the lane, pack him, pack, pack whoever's trying to guard him up. Because he gets two feet into the lane, he's either dunking on you or finger rolling around you or floating over top of you. It's, it's gonna be nasty business in there for whoever has to guard Giannis with two feet in the paint. Uh, and then of course, number one, the reigning defending NBA champions, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Who, by the way, <laughs> when you saw Jokic walking in, you know, for the teams workouts and all that he looked like the most miserable person in the world like all he wanted to do was just stay where he was at and horse race and party he looked like man i gotta come back here didn't look too happy uh but they have them two as the number one remember give me your list put it in the put it in the in the in the comments i'll give you honorable mentions for uh what they had honorable mentions john moran and jaron jackson jr out of memphis luca Doncic and kyrie irvin out of Dallas. Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, Minnesota. Anthony Edwards is my favorite young player in the National Basketball Association. My favorite. The New York Knicks, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Julius Randle with the new Skechers sneakers? The, with the Goodyear soles? I don't, I mean, money is money. I don't know how that's going to hold up. Uh, Cleveland, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. And Shea Gildress Alexander and Josh Giddy out of Oklahoma City. The Thunder. But uh, those are your top ten duos of the National Basketball Situ uh, si- the National National Basketball Association. Uh, I'm gonna end on these two last things. One, kind of throw my Dion segment in there. Uh, on this day, many, many, many years ago, Dion player, Deion Sanders was the first player to ever play in a football game and a baseball game in the same day. Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Braves my Dion segment of course and then Dion has some kind words for the cowboys he said hey, they gotta get them dogs them dog them dogs gotta show up them dogs gotta sh- put up or shut up um that's my Dion segment that's 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 it that's it just that's it and then the, oh and then shador is valued right now his nil money is valued at 4.8 million i ain't pocket watching but i know why he does the shador i know why he does this is the shador million NIL evaluation Arch Manning who hasn't taken a snap at Texas is like $2.3 million stupid College, college money is crazy I wish I would have had that when I was in it but I want to end on this for a lot of you who think you sit on the couch you sit in your garage in your man cave and you think boy I can do what these NFL players are doing let me be here to tell you that you can't for a number of reasons, one, God just didn't give you the athletic ability to do so, and no matter how much you feel like, oh, I can go out there and I can just do this, and I can, you can't. You can't, because if you could, you would, but you cannot. And this is not me taking taking shots at the civilians that are watching this because I love you, but I want to tell you the story. Uh, about two weeks ago, David and Joku tied in for the Cleveland Browns. Something happened at his home that caused a fire. And David and Joku was burned in his face and in his arms. And when you look at this picture that I'm showing you right now. I want you to see and understand. Look at that picture. And understand you're not as tough as you think you are you have to have a certain level, like think about like Ronnie Lott, they told Ronnie Lott like either miss games with the, Ronnie Lott said cut it off. Cut the tip of the pinky off. Tony Romo punctured a lung and broke his ribs in a game. DeMarcus Ware was taken off on a stretcher one week with a neck injury had a game-winning sack against the, <laughs> Drew Brees and the Saints. Jason Pierre-Paul blew off three of his two of three of his fingers with a with a, with a with a with a fireworks. I'm saying all this to say this. I'm saying all that to say this. There is a level of mental toughness that you have to be able to attain to play in this league. This league hurts. And at no point in time, once you enter training camp, everyone's hurt. You just, you just, people, doctors would equate doing a football game or a football hit as multiple fender benders. Now, if you went to the doctor and just had a fender bender, whiplash, whatever, a doctor would tell you, to not do any physical, no lifting, no heavy lifting, no physical activities for three to four weeks. Guys like myself and others, we go back out there for the next play. And looking at this picture of David and Joku just furthermore um, tells me that you have to be in a, and I'm not saying it's a good space to be in, But there is a level of sacrifice that has to be made to play this game. So before you think that, oh, I can go out there and and run a route, make a block, throw a pass, do a tackle, know what comes along with that. Know what comes along with the fact of the matter is that someone may knock your head off. Know that someone may knock your meat into the dirt. That's a real thing. And that you have to get up the next play and go do it again and again and again and again for 17 weeks. So before you think about saying that, you know what, I can go and do that, understand that a dude damn near had his face burnt off and he went back out there and played a football game. Crazy. Don't understand why I did it. But i do it again in a heartbeat. All right, man, that's all I got for you guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 23. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Apple, Spotify, leave a five star uh, uh, comment, leave a five star. Uh, thing on there comment do all that kind of good stuff man let's keep riding to the top man let's keep let's keep going together we are in this together you and me us we are in this thing together if you know somebody that enjoys sports that enjoys good raw i'm about to say raw hard that sounds like a like a sex scene or something if you know somebody that enjoys just the real truthful spitting knowledge of sports yeah well tell them to find unfiltered we're going to give it to you the right way. Truthfully, no no homer here. I'm going to give it to you honest. I'm going to give it to you right. But I'm going to encourage you in the same, in the same aspect. Um, but remember, don't become addicted to problems. Count your dubs. Enjoy your dubs. Relish in your dubs. Allow those dubs to dictate your future situation. All right, man. I'm Jesse Holly. This is Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, man. Until next time. Never let anyone tell you that their life is better than yours because it's your life. Eliminate the contingencies. We out!